service with our gathering music. This morning it's come into this place of peace by Gordon Ritchie and Coriolis. Come into this place of peace. And let it silence heal your spirit. Come into this place of memory and let its history Andrew Mills and I welcome you to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton online Zoom church service. The Unitarian Church of Edmonton is a liberal, multi-generational religious community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free-thinking, spiritually questing individuals joined in common support and action. Whether you've been part of our congregation for decades or this is your first time visiting, we welcome you. Whatever the faith and traditions of your past, we welcome you. Whatever your theological stance, we welcome you. Whoever you are and whomever you love, we welcome you. Whatever your heritage, we welcome you. We especially welcome any visitors who might be with us today and invite you to join us for conversation in the breakout rooms once the service has ended. We invite you to go to our online guest book, which you can find on the UCE website, uce.ca slash guestbook. We acknowledge that we are on Treaty 6 territory, home of First Nations, Métis, and Inuit peoples over many centuries. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. May we be good neighbors to one another, good stewards to our planet, and good ancestors to all of our children. Leanne, you're muted. Good morning. We'll try this again. <laughs> I'm Leanne Washington, and I'm blessed to be the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's interim minister. Our theme for the month of November is healing. Today, we will be exploring the healing power of storytelling. When we tell our own stories, the telling helps to ground us and helps to start our healing from loss and trauma. Sometimes our storytelling becomes an exploration of our own history and an uncovering of a passion that sustains us and connects us to the world. Sometimes our own story told from different perspectives leads us to greater understanding and an invitation to forgive ourselves and others in our story. And sometimes reframing the story of past events opens a new pathway to empowerment and um, a new way of living into the story that we are writing right now. 
But telling our own stories isn't the only way that storytelling heals us. Sometimes we can find ourselves in the stories of others, whether real or make-believe. When we do, we may discover something new about ourselves or that others have experienced similar challenges and survived and even thrived. Or that we have more choices, choices that we hadn't previously considered. And sometimes all our weary spirits need is a safe escape from the pressures of life. In the 1980s, a folk singer named Mike Jones wrote a story titled The Storyteller. It was inspired by his friend Taffy Thomas, an English storyteller. And the following is that song rendered as a poem. I'm a teller of tales, a spinner of yarns, a weaver of dreams, and a liar. I'll teach you some stories to tell your friends while sitting at home by the fire. You may not believe everything that I say, but there's one thing I tell you that's true. For the stories were given as presents to me, and now they are my gifts to you. My stories are as old as the mountains and rivers that flow through the land they were born in. They were told in the homes of peasants in rags and kings with fine clothes adorning. There's no need for silver or gold in great store for a tale becomes richer with telling. And as long as each listener has a pair of good ears, it doesn't matter where they are dwelling. A story well told can lift up your hearts and help you forget all your sorrows. It can give you the strength and the courage to stand and face all your troubles tomorrow. For there's wisdom and wit, beauty and charm, there's laughter and sometimes tears. But when the story is over and the spell is broken, you'll find that there's nothing to fear. My stories were learned in my grandparents' home, where their grandparents also heard them. They were given as payment by traveling folk for a warm place to lay down their burdens. My stories are ageless. They never grow old. With each telling, they are born anew. And when my story is ended, I'll still be alive in the tales that I've given to you. Let us move into a sacred time of appreciation for the power of storytelling to heal our weary souls. As Unitarian Universalist congregations around the world do, we start our sacred time together by lighting our chalice. Our chalice lighting this morning, Why We Are Here, comes from Eric Walker Wickstrom, a Unitarian Universalist minister, and will be offered by Yvonne Miro. Hey, sorry, I just 
don't have the words right in front of me. Could you read it, please, Leanne? Certainly. Here today in this place and with these people, may we listen so that we can hear. May we hear so that we can feel. May we feel so that we can know. And may we know so that we can change ourselves and this world. May this chalice we light, light our way. When operating in a work environment that increasingly demands more of our time to be dedicated to productivity, while advertisers suggest that we are not enough unless we look outside ourselves and we purchase just the right brand of just the right thing at just the right time. In this environment, we can lose our connection to the deepest soul-defining parts of ourselves. Storytelling can bring us back to ourselves, our values, and our true purpose. In her song, The Whole of Me, Emily Melcher, a Unitarian Universalist minister and songwriter, sings of reconnecting to that which is most meaningful to her. Part of me, reconnect the soul of me, the whole of me. Reconnect the part of me that knows just who I am. Reconnect the heart of me. An important part of our community is sharing the joys and sorrows of our lives. If you have a personally significant joy or sorrow, please type it into the chat window at the bottom of the screen where we will be able to see it and I will read them aloud. Your joys and sorrows will be part of our posted recording of the service. 
If you would not like to have your joy or sorrow available to the public, then you may also sing, send them to candles at uce.ca. this Wednesday. She appreciates having fingers crossed that COVID doesn't cause cancellation again. Carly and John offer thanks and best wishes to family, friends, and strangers who work as frontline health staff. to let us know that her work situation has finally settled. She's teaching more often than not and doesn't have to work at the grocery store again until Christmas break. Shiraz K to send good wishes to all the persons suffering in this pandemic and hopes for their well-being. John and Lynn are saddened by the sudden loss of a dear friend. Yvonne will be having surgery for basal cell carcinoma soon. Now I light one candle for all the unspoken joys and sorrows held within the sanctuary of our hearts. And also for all those who have yet to find a spiritual home where they can share their joys and sorrows. Telling your story to someone who, with loving attention, witnesses it may be the most powerful medicine on earth. We all have personal stories to tell. We are all a constantly unfolding narrative. And of course, we are the heroes in our own stories. Stories that no one else can write. Some of our stories are happy, joyous tales of adventure and domestic bliss. Some of them are sad, sorrowful tales of loss and pain. And for most of us, life has held chapters of joy and chapters of sorrow, and some chapters so jumbled up with both joy and sorrow that they are particularly difficult to tell. But when someone listens to our stories and really hears what we are saying, we know that we are loved and understood. And that helps us better understand ourselves. The poet Neda Kanaho 
expresses it this way in her poem, Come Tell Me Your Story. Come, 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 come tell me your story. I promise you, I will listen. I will listen for the heart song that beats through every halting word. I will listen through the heated flames of anger, the coldest wind of bitterest gall, the piquant and the sour words falling from your mouth, the salt of an alkali desert pouring from your lips. I will listen for the sweetness, the soft notes of redemption from the shining songbird that settles in that gnarly old tree growing in the wasteland of you. I will listen until you can hear your own story, until you know you will endure, despite, because, Because your story is very much like my own, you know. Thank you for sharing. And we'll just wait for Leanne to come back on. She's frozen right now. While we're waiting for Leanne to uh, to come back on. Um, Yvonne, would you like to share your story today? Sure, I can do that. All right, we'll just wait for Leanne to come back. Do you want me to start now before yes. she comes? Yes, go ahead. Okay. So today, November 22nd is an important anniversary for me, an end and a beginning. This is my story. You can be broken or broken open. That choice is yours. That's a favorite quote of mine from a book by Erica Bauermeister called Joy for Beginners. I remember it like it was yesterday every detail etched vividly on my body's memory. I was 14 and on a city bus with my friend Nancy on our way downtown to go Christmas shopping when I began to feel the dread rising in my body. By the time we'd arrived downtown, my arms, torso and face felt frozen with it. I could hardly breathe and my mind was focused on the words, go home, something terrible is happening. We turned around immediately. My mom had been in the hospital recovering from what I had been led to believe was minor surgery. I found out 10 years later that it was an attempted kidney transplant. When I burst through the back door, my father met me saying, pray hard, your mother is very sick. The thing I'd been dreading since I was a very small child happened that day in November when I learned that the worst can happen, does happen, and not just to others. My mother died that evening with the snow gently falling and her four children aged 11 to 16 saw their family shatter forever. It was the most profound event of my life. And that was 45 years ago today. The loss of my mother at a young age was more than I could handle alone. My father was not emotionally available to help us with our group was. Don't talk about it, especially to him. He also refused any offers of outside help, saying, we're doing fine, but we weren't. We were so far from being fine. Losing my confidant 
my anchor and my map, the person who comforted me, left me with a pain so intense I thought it would crush me. I was far too young to be a parent, yet I was left to finish raising a bereaved teenager all on my own with nothing and no one to guide me. It took me a very long time before I felt like a growing up on the inside. Though I went through the motions of being one quite convincingly from about the age of 15 onwards. Having the adult responsibilities of running a household while still a young teenager in high school can make one grow up feeling fairly incompetent and inadequate. Playing house moved from the world of make-believe to being normal. As I worried about supper plans or made grocery lists during my high school classes, I was not doing fine. Whenever I was off stage, I cried and sank into despair, paralyzed with grief and the belief that everything good had already happened and I would never be up to the task of being enough. I couldn't trust that good things would last and I couldn't count on others. This is where storytelling comes in. In my early 20s, and a wonderful opportunity came along. Oops, there I go, reframing things already. The sadness and unspoken stories of my life so far had buried me in a deep depression. And finally, I was unable to function. Life felt flat and unbearable, an unending series of loss and futility. I gave the idea of therapy one last try with a promise to myself that if it didn't help this time, I was done. I was 23. Then an amazing thing happened. I was asked to tell my stories and people listened, listened deeply, listened with compassion and without judgment. They listened that way over and over. And I listened to their stories in return. It was group therapy, something I thought I'd never do. Skilled therapists with us occasionally asked thoughtful questions that challenged us to explore our stories in new ways, to edit them and place them in context, to update them. Sometimes someone else in the group would gently point out a detail they'd noticed, and we processed that too. As we told and retold our stories, we sometimes found surprises in them or told them from a different perspective and they changed, we changed. We found compassion for the person we had been then and new insights and behaviors to replace limiting ways of being. I discovered that 14 year olds should not be one, able to deal with grief alone, forbidden to talk about it. Two, expected to run a household let alone do it competently. Three, parenting teenagers, even themselves. And four, abandoning their adolescence and the important developmental tasks that are part of it. With those insights, I was finally able to realize that I wasn't a mess or a failure at life. I was just given tasks that were not age appropriate. It was a situation that was messed up, not me. Childhood stories and beliefs can be retold or reframed, as we say in therapy, from a healthy adult perspective with the addition of emotional maturity and world experience that was unavailable to the child or the person we were. I've learned to choose how I tell myself the stories of my life now knowing that they helped me to shape my attitudes and my ability to cope. I'm a compulsive reframer now. I know that without a doubt now, I can do hard things. You can't always choose your circumstances, but you can choose your attitude, says Viktor Frankl, author of Man's Search for Meaning. He was a World War II Auschwitz survivor. I'm drawn to listen to other people's stories too, and that's why eventually I became a mental health therapist. And why, for me, holding space for those who grieve, 
feels so important to me. There's little point in telling about horrific events simply to recount them. That's like taking a boat to cross a river and then staying in the boat as it returns to the original side. The importance of retelling difficult or traumatic events is to get to the other side and then to get out of the boat with resolution, something that can be done when you have good listeners. You get out with a desire to continue on your journey. That's what good therapy does. Transformative stories though have always been told. It's part of humanity. How stories are told and how we listen to stories can shape our beliefs about ourselves and the world around us. At any given moment, you have the power to say, this is not how my story is going to end. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne, for sharing your experience with how it is that our understanding of past life experiences, which has shaped our current experience, may have changed as we've matured. Telling our stories also helps us connect these past experiences with our current ones. And as Yvonne has told us, it turns out that we are not limited to just one interpretation of our past experiences. What Yvonne has given us is a powerful example of this psychological therapy known as reframing your life story or restoring your life. Because when you're, you contemplate your life story and you try to sincerely express the full meaning of it, it's still just that, a story. And when you tell a story, you make choices about what events and incidents are included. There are many more experiences available to you than you typically include in your story. So which stories you choose to tell depends on the frame of reference within which you view your life. As Dr. James Creighton explains in an article in Psychology Today, which was uh, written on September 22nd, 2019, titled, reframing your life story, changing your story may change your life. He says that one way to change your life is to restore it, as you heard Yvonne talking about. By looking for events that contradict your current frame, you may be able to reclaim parts of yourself. Some of those other aspects of the story that you haven't told might convey an entirely different frame for your life. As a result, there's value in restoring, in modifying your narrative to tell a different story. And in the process, you may rediscover neglected parts of your life. You might find that when you retell your story, you put an emphasis on different capabilities different understandings and might see other influences at work in your story and see yourself in a completely different light. Now, many of us are tormented by the insane idea that we are separate, disconnected beings suffering all alone. In the time of COVID-19, it's easy to fall prey to these feelings of isolation and aloneness. But just remember that as we promote our seventh principle, respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part, we are not just referring to our relationship to nature. Reverend Forrest Gilmore, Executive Director of Shalom Community Center, reminds us that our seventh principle is our response to the great dangers of both individualism and oppression. It's our solution to the seeming conflict between the individual and the group. It reminds us that as Unitarian Universalists, we are not alone and we can benefit from the healing power of storytelling when we share our stories with each other. And yet, 
We often leave our stories untold. When this happens for a long period of time, we become lonely, listless, out of touch with our life's purpose, and plagued with a, a chronic sense that something is out of alignment. We may even begin to feel unworthy, unloved, or even sick. It turns out that when you tell your story to someone else who cares, you are turning off the body's stress responses. Toxic stress hormones like cortisol and epinephrine stop producing. And your body's relaxation responses begin to kick in such that healing hormones like oxytocin, dopamine, nitric oxide, and others are released. Not only does this turn on the body's innate self-repair mechanisms, it also relaxes your nervous system and helps heal your mind of depression, anxiety, fear, anger, and feelings of disconnection. It's important for us to share our own stories with others. Aaron Hansen, a prolific prophet, sorry, <laughs> well, she is a bit of a prophet, but she's also mostly known as a poet, has in the poem, she has a bookshelf for a heart, taken this metaphor of life as a story in a different direction, focusing not on the story, but on the story writer. She has a bookshelf for a heart and ink runs through her veins. She'll write you into her story with the typewriter in her brain. Her bookshelf's getting crowded with all the stories that she's penned of the people who flickered through her pages but closed the book before the end. And there's one pushed to the very back that sits collecting dust with its title in her finest writing, The One Who Lost My Trust. There's books she's scared to open and books she doesn't want to close, stories of every person she's met stretched out in endless rows. Some people have only a sentence while others held a main part. Thousands of inky footprints that they've left across her heart. You might wonder why she does this. Why write of people she once knew? She hopes one day she'll mean enough for someone to write about her too. Know that each and every one of you means more than enough to us, that we have written you into our stories. You are not alone. And to prove it, I invite you into breakout groups of three people so that you can tell each other a story from your life. You will have 12 minutes after quick introductions of yourselves, your name, how long you've been attending UCE, and if you're involved in any committee work or social justice projects. That leaves about three minutes each to tell a story. I suggest for this experience, you sh share a holiday story that in the moment was most uncomfortable, awkward, or even disastrous, but that with the passage of time has become a source of amusement, self-reflection, or a valued life lesson. And after each person finishes his story or her story, Please say, 
We hear you. And we are here for you. Again, we hear you and we are here for you. As important as telling our stories are to this experience, equally important is your commitment to truly listen to the stories of others. So if you hear something from someone else's story after everyone has finished and you have a little time left, that you think they might benefit from hearing a theme or maybe an unintended slip of the tongue, offer it to them because that is as well a gift that we give each other when we listen attentively to our life stories. So now with these words ringing in your ears, enjoy sharing your stories. After your time is up, we will bring you back to the main room and continue with our service. After the service, we will keep the main room open for a discussion of our experiences telling stories. I also was in a breakout room and really enjoyed um, hearing the stories of those who were there with me. I hope that you found both the telling and the listening had a gift in them for you. You're muted, Leanne. I keep getting muted. <laughs> All right, so this has been Transgender Week of Awareness and November 20th was the Transgender Day of Remembrance. Normally I'd wanna do this before the week, but we had our fall gathering service last Sunday. I like to, um, to remember this, I think it's important. It's an annual observance honoring the memory of those whose lives were lost in acts of transgender violence. So for in 2020, 350 transgender or gender nonconforming people have been fatally shot or killed by other violent means. In the context of our social justice work, Storytelling serves another purpose. We tell stories about those who have fallen victim to hatred and inhumanity so that their stories may be a catalyst for change. We also tell their stories as a way to comfort the families and friends left behind to mourn and as a way to help them find meaning from their loss. In November 1998, Rita Hester, a black transgender woman was murdered two days before her 35th birthday, simply for being transgender. Her murder has yet to be solved. A year later in the city of San Francisco, a candlelight vigil marked her death and others who had died, again, simply for being seen as transgender. In recognition of Transgender Day of Remembrance, we join in heart and spirit in the following prayer written by Reverend Casey Slack, an agender femme working towards more beautiful futures in UU congregations and in the queer community. Dearest siblings, you are holy. Your body is holy. Your life is holy. You are a being of such great worth, deserving of dignity and so much more. Dearest siblings, your being is a reflection of divinity. Your transness, that with which our world marks you deviant, is of God. Dear sisters, this world is not good enough to you or for you. Thank you for the blessings of your presence in the world. May we honor you fully. 
Dearest sisters, let nobody tell you you aren't of the divine feminine. You are. You who give birth to whole new worlds by being. Dearest brothers, we see you. We see you and your journeys and your struggles to find a masculinity beyond toxicity. Bless your lives, bless your journeys. Dearest brothers, you are holy. You are whole. Dearest, dearest siblings, you are holy, you are precious, you are beloved, and you are loved. May you carry these words and our love in your heart as we face a difficult and often scary world together. May we together seek something new, better, beyond. Amen and blessed be. As Unitarian Universalists living into our first principles, we promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person. We seek a world in which everything is possible and everyone is accepted. With mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 1019 in the Teal Hymnal, Everything is Possible. We have cleared off the table, the leftovers saved, washed the dishes and put them away. I have told you a story and tucked you in tight at the end of your knockabout day. As the moon sets its sail to carry you to sleep, over the midnight sea well i will sing you a song no one sang to me may it keep you good company you can be anybody that you want to be you can love whomever you Travel any country where your heart leads, and know I will love you still. You can live by yourself, you can gather friends around, you can choose one special one, and the only measure of and your deeds will be the love you leave behind when you're gone. Some girls grow up strong and bold. Some boys are quiet and kind. Some race on ahead, some follow behind. Some grow in their own space and time. children and some never do you can dream of a day never reaching the end of everything possible for you don't be rattled by names by taunts or games but seek out, seek out spirit's spirit true. If you give your friends the best part of yourself, they will give the same back to you. You can be anybody that you want to be. You can love whomever you will. You can 
and travel any country where your heart leads. And oh, I will love you still. You can live by yourself. You can gather friends around. You can choose one special one. And the only measure of your words and your deeds will be the love you leave behind when you're Generosity is a spiritual practice, one that enlarges the heart and lightens the spirit. For no matter how much or how little we have, in the sharing of it, both the one who gives and the one who receives are blessed. We are a self-governing and self-supporting community. We rely on your donations to support our staff and offer our programs now more than ever. We need your financial support please visit the UCE website at uce.ca and look for the donation tab to find the donation method that best suits you. For the month of November, we encourage you to also support <coughs> pardon me, the CBC Edmonton Turkey Drive. Please visit their website directly uh, for more information about them. With mics muted, we'll now sing From You I Receive to You I Give. As we bring our time together to a temporary close, I want to acknowledge and thank those who have helped to make our service today possible. Andrew Mills, slide creator and slide runner. Recorder, Ruth Marriott. Host and greeter, Jeff Bazance. Backup, Karen Belita. Breakout room host, Gloria Krenbrink and reader and guest speaker, Yvonne Miro. Without their help, we would not have been able to enjoy our time today together. Please consider joining our Sunday support team and contact Karen Belita to do so. I'm also seeking to include more of you in each worship service as readers. You'll find a link in our worship reader sign up in the monthly newsletter and the weekly email. Please join me. Our closing words are a prayer written by Mandy McGlenn, a self-described super queer Jew whose vocation is focused on spiritual care for those unaffiliated with or underserved by institutional religion. She believes that all our stories are sacred. Spirit of life and love, Holy One of our being and our becoming, that which is sacred within, among, and beyond us. We know so many stories about you. God, Lord, King, Father, Earth Mother, Great Spirit, Universe, Holy Parent, Divine Love, Deepest Longings, covenanted partner. Blessed one, we also know so many stories about ourselves. 
some of them the same stories we tell about others. Beautiful, ugly, simple, difficult, joyous, useful, worthless. Stories about who we are, what we know, and the potentials and impossibilities of our future. Stories about our purpose and the meaning of our lives. We have countless stories buried too deep in our souls for us to even recognize them. God of discovery, help us find the strength to excavate those buried stories. Let us lean on one another as we brush them off, hold them up to the light and find their meaning and use. May our roots nourish us so that we might grow abundantly and flower into blessings for, for one another and the world. Above all, holy parents, sing us a gentle lullaby. In the trees and the wind, in the kind words of our neighbors, in the warmth of the sun and the sparkle of the snow, Whisper to us the truest story you know and sing it to us in notes we can never unhear. Remind us every day, every moment that we are beloved, beloved, so very beloved. Our chalice extinguishing read comes from Martha Munson, a UU minister, that it might glow gently and offered by Yvonne Moreau. We extinguish the chalice here that it might glow gently in our hearts. May it light your path as you leave this place. May it guide your way until we are together again. With the mics muted, please join in singing the closing song, Carry the Flame. worship service this morning. Please feel free to take a short comfort break or watch our weekly announcements as they slide by. In about three minutes or so, we'll be randomly placing you in breakout rooms for coffee and a chat. I will remain in the main room for conversation about our storytelling experience. You're free to decline being placed in a breakout room or you can go to your assigned breakout room and then return to the main room when you're ready. I'll stay in the main room for about an hour. <laughs> 